then someone will say, what is lost can never be saved. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Two feminine faces gaze at one another through the surface of a pool. One a mere silhouette against a starry night sky, the other reclining in a chamber meant for kings. My dear Nassale, Serokosh has failed. I trust that you will be of better service in executing our collective endeavor. Our superior is depending on you. My mistress, I would relish at the chance to lead our people to greatness. So we're back with another session. It is a wonderful, not-so-warm February. We have with us a new player today. Everyone welcome Sam welcome back to She will be playing a character who we will introduce when she is introduced to the Actual group. character. Actual, actual character. character. Actual factual character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... Anywho, where we left off, Dillard Porter, who, glad I went back and looked up his name right before we recorded. Uh, Dillard Porter is bankrolling you guys' expedition to uh, the mountain. Now, I have made for them a special thing where they get to choose either a list of 12 bullet points of expedition gear and material that they get to load onto these two mules that Dillard Porter is giving them to to take into the mountain with them. Name of the mules. Samuel. Starbright and Candy. No, we already have someone named Candy. Fuck you, she Samuel. works at Kate. Okay, so, so Starbright and Samuel. <laughs> Starbright and Samuel. <laughs> Samuel, by the way, goes to, to, to Gerald there. That, that was his idea. Oh my god. <laughs> so Starbright and Samuel are gifted to you from Dillard Porter. Um, these mules have the ability to carry 850 pounds, I think was the total. Oh my like, uh, like 425 pounds. Dungeons so, and so, because they're able to, yes, because they're able to carry so much, I've given them the option to, to make a list of up to 12 bullet points of gear. I also gave them the option of doing seven bullet points, and I would give them a surprise. And what did you guys opt for? More uh, ladders. I don't. No, stop. <laughs> we so, already. <laughs> so, I, I think uh, we were gonna go for the seven with the surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I wrote down seven bullet points. Uh, did you mm-hmm. have anything, Gerald? No, nothing that we can physically get. Okay. So okay. like, so I just wrote down some like mundane f- bullet points. The thing is, I don't know if they count. We're go ahead and those. read them out. Go ahead and read them out. What? So one was a mining pack with chalk. Like I kind of like just included that in the same bullet point. Cool. This way, if we happen to find anything interesting that we want to actually, you know, dig out, we have things like a pickaxe and, and stuff like that. And I commend the pickaxe. Uh, second bullet point was a, an iron pot, a mess kit, and a tinder box. I think we already have a tinder box, but you know. We all know. do. Yeah. You Some, wanted firewood, right? Yes. Yeah, firewood was another one. Mm-hmm. 
a hatchet and a chest to hold the firewood in. Would that count as one bullet point? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's all fair. So oh, then, a hatchet to deal with the firewood, not a hatchet to deal with trees in fuck-off mountains. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, also some extra rations and water skins. A water... And, and that's one uh, bullet point. Another bullet point is a water barrel filled with fresh water. And then two more bullet points. One is perishable foods so that we can start out our, our journey. And then mm-hmm. so stuff like bread, cheese, meat, stuff to like spice it with. Right. Um, and then the last one was soap, perfume, and extra clothing. Perfume? Yes. Because we, we're not going to use all of our water to mm-hmm. like bathe with. So that way we don't have to bathe every single day and we still can, you know, Smell nice. I, I'm a teenage experience. I'm not thinking about things like you know there will be monsters in there that will smell the perfume and be like, hey, what what's this? I'm thinking of you know the the nice creature comforts. Enjoy so. your minuses to stealth. I was literally about to. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's high seven. intelligence, low wisdom. So that's seven bullet points, right? Yes, that's okay. Or sure. is the rest of the party amenable to these seven bullet points? I, I, yes. I don't care. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> okay. There may well have been things that I forgot, which I is why like, I just like it's it's canonical that we are bad at packing for trips. <laughs> right. Okay. So so a few uh, a couple of scenes because we're you're not on the barge with the mules and the shit going to the ca- the cave entrance yet. You're still in town. You you still have some a, a, a chance to do things before it gets night. So does anyone have any scenes that they would like to uh, accomplish stuff they have to... You, uh, you probably have to go back to the guild and like sign off on some liability waivers and things anyway before you have to go. Because that's general and you haven't been here that long enough to do that with this new thing. Um, oh, uh, there's one thing. If nobody has anything else. Well, I, I've got something, but... Rowan, I, Rowan, what's my sister's name? <laughs> um, Roland, as you remember, uh, is going by the cover of Reginald Radcliffe. Oh, wow. Yes. And your sister, Lilith, is going by the cover of Bondella Powers. I can't believe you've done this. I did that. Savara thinks it's a stupid name. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Pierre thinks it's a stupid name. <laughs> Honestly, out of character, she probably didn't come up with it. That was probably the dossier that the agency <laughs> handed to her. Well, yeah. Tavara's still going to tell who, her that it's a stupid who, name. <laughs> who is responsible? You you might meet them. Sounds shagadelic. <laughs> Pierre. So are we going to open... You had a thing. Where we're leaving oh, yeah, I just... the house Yes, you're to leaving. go, like, prep. To go prep, yeah. That's essentially what's going on what right is the... now. Drinking age in Baldur's Gate. We drink. Ooh. You drink, and now and now we look older. older. So like that's n- oh, a non-issue. Oh, that's right. Are we seriously getting sloshed before we go? Are we pre-gaming Fuck yeah. Off Mountain? Uh, yeah. I have. <laughs> I'm gonna go drink because this is to the, deal we, with my feelings. Yes. Yes. Did you? Like, did you have seen that you a little so, boy? Yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the the little boy who was gonna like mm-hmm. come find me. Plus, I need I need to get that crossbow. Yes. So. I want to speak to our guild leader. Oh, the uh, the, the oh, uh, Rita Gale. Aracocra. The Eric Rita, 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 Rita Gale. I want to talk to her and see if she knows anything specifically about the evil dudes, bad dudes. Blackhearts? Blackhearts. Got it. Cool. The black, specifically the Blackheart adventurers that disappeared. Like, yeah, basically character profiles. Okay. Um, because I don't think they're dead. No, of course not. Um, so yeah, Rita will tell you. 
that the Blackheart guild members that she has not seen recently, she doesn't know who went there. That's fair. Um, she knows that there is a new guy that went with them, an intern. Okay. Well, you know, just like yeah, one yeah, of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some rich son of a noble who wanted to do it and like basically paid his way into the Blackhearts. See, because like, you already pay your way into the Blackhearts, but the, the price range varies how much they want you. Right? They, they, they look, they look at your financial stature and mm-hmm. they, and they, they prepare a financial aid package. <laughs> right, yeah. Where you financially aid them. Exactly. Yes. Um, Honestly, they have an elaborate like level up scheme course mm-hmm. of courses where like you know. Do, no, <laughs> please, please, they're already bad enough. Don't make the black hearts a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> oh they really are horrible. But so yeah, there's an intern, a, a trust fund kid. <laughs> um, you know his the intern's name Isaac Levy. I S A A C L E V Y. There were a couple of more experienced members mm-hmm. that went. One is Phoebe Parker. What are these boring names? Oh wait, they're racist, aren't they? <laughs> Phoebe Parker no. has a thing for spiders. <laughs> Lol. Uh, so she's just a, a more experienced journeyman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you the have uh, Rufus Dinsmore. Hmm. Rufus. Rufus? Does he make whirs and beeps when he moves? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Does he play the banjolin? Dinsmore? No, no. Dinsmore. D-I-N-S-M-O-R-E. I Are you now, so have you ever been an automaton? <laughs> now, there was, she did mention there was a lieutenant in charge of the expedition going with them. That would be Paldrick Winalder. Motherfucker. P-A-L-D-R-Y-C? Did I spell I think right? so. Yeah. yeah. I don't honestly remember how it's spelled. Y-C? And they have not, they have not seen heads nor tails of Maximilian Blackheart. Oh, the guy! They have not seen heads nor tails of the leader. So I, I don't understand what that means in the context of this. Um, he, he went with them. He, or... She doesn't know who went. These are people oh, that she I hasn't see. seen recently. I see. Okay, so they, we're assuming that these people went. Okay. Um, uh, so that that's important. Uh, for some reason, I thought these were people we knew mm-hmm. absolutely. Listed there five. You gave me five names. So those are the five that she has not seen. Anything she can tell me to watch out for if I happen to run into them, because I'll say I don't think they're dead. Right. Um. Just the standard black heart, black colored plate mail and like shit that they wear, the cloaks and whatnot, or whatever you, their uniform is, the sigils, you know. She also has recently found more information on the names of the people that are missing from the expedition, from the scientific portion of the okay. expedition. So there, there are a list of names. There are nine missing expedition members. Okay. okay? Thatch Mark Three. He's a warforged. Basically, Warforged? The, yeah, basically the communication. Yes, yes. Fucking a. The uh, the awesome. communicate. He's the he's the communication in charge of communications with any sentient creatures. He has a data bank of like languages that he knows. There's Sonny Novello, fire ganasi, demolitions expert, mining expert. Um, I'm angry already. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. You already know. You already know. You already know. Just let oh, me get God. through it. Let me get through it. Yeah. There's there's Krieger Coco Varnish, Deep Gnome. He's their chef. Huh. There's literally, their name is Meets the Heroes Brightcliffe. The name they just go by is Hero Brightcliffe. Uh, Tabaxi, General Stealth Scout. There's Tiberius Garner, Halfling. Was a general with the Halfling Army, retired. 
uh, now does adventuring and leading expeditions. He's the expedition head. There was Guyton the Gopher Augur, dwarf, mining expertise. Yep. There's Audrea Obrodiors, dragonborn, uh, their bodyguard. She is basically just in charge of keeping the group safe on top of the Blackhearts. And then there's Claudia Sinclair, human. She is basically the halfling Tiberius Garner's uh, right-hand woman. Then there's Bertha Birdie Packard, Kanku. She is essentially the records keeper, uh, also standard anthropologist, basically keeps the books, keeps track of everything. That's the list of people. Pierre, do you have any comments? I can't believe you've done this. I can't believe you've done this. When did you realize? The Sunny Novello. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it what I'm thinking? Yes. <laughs> Unequivocally. <laughs> Unequivocally, yes. Oh, was it oh, Atlantis? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You had me a demolitions expert. You had me a demolitions <laughs> Can I copy your notes after class? I mean, like, if you really want to, but I have the notes and we're all here and it's not like we're going to get tested. I want to review, because, like, I have a really bad problem with forgetting a lot. If we meet soon. these people at all, they could be dead. Also, Ron. I doubt they're dead. Also, Ron. <laughs> yes. Rita, Gail, okay. also says uh, oh, Sylvanas, within the day, Sylvanas took the the rock yes. into a sort of lead line, the lead line experiment, magic experiment chamber. You've seen this chamber before. It's for him testing things that they don't know about and also for doing high-level spells in a safe area. Yeah, generally. So, she tells you that he threw the rock in the chamber and fired a ninth level spell at it. She doesn't know <laughs> doesn't know what what it was, didn't really figure it out. But just fired a ninth level spell at it. Okay. She says she wasn't there. She doesn't know exactly what happened, but he came running into her office, handed her a thing that he said to give to you, and now he's fucking on a horse, galloping the fuck off to Candlekeep. Because he says, very important, he gets more information about this. A la Gandalf, Gandalf riding to Minister. Okay. She opens her hand, and uh-huh. it's a necklace. And it's a shard of the crystal that's been tied to this necklace. Ah. Uh. Uh, she says he doesn't know if he broke it. The crystal seems to be inert for the most part. It's not responding to any experiments. But whatever this means, whatever this means to you, Ron, um, he just said that it's just proof that the thing's not indestructible. Also, just just hold it, hold it. I hold it. Okay. I have it. It drops down and it swings a uh-huh. little bit, mm-hmm. and then it sort of slows down like a plumb bob, and then mm-hmm. slowly it starts like leaning in like a certain, very lightly, very light tug, leaning in a certain direction. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do I have any idea if this is a, a cardinal direction or if it's just it's, like... It's a direction. Uh, it's leaning towards a window. It's leaning towards the window. I, 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 I gently, mm-hmm. gently go towards the window. It probably sways. Eh, not much, not okay. much. It doesn't okay. really change its angle. Okay, so I go. Mm-hmm. I go. Mm-hmm. I go. I go to the window. Mm-hmm. I open the window. You don't have. I mean, you don't have to. Is it? But it's the window looks out to the mountain. I guess I will know which way the mountain is. <laughs> so I'm okay. just gonna write down shard necklace somewhere. Shard necklace. 
Now, uh, who's up? N- uh, sh- drinking or kid? Because I would also like. Let's do drinking. Charlotte, we're gonna pregame meeting the kid. You, you no, I'm going. I'm going separate from y'all. I'm just. I. I kind of after like we all exit Dillard's. I just kind of. Mm-hmm. But you'll be like, I'll be like, I'll be right back. Like, then I just. So there's a tavern that is pretty close to the entrance of the the upper city called the Eagle Puss Tavern. I go on in. Cool. You might not know the difference, but there's not as heavily packed as a lot of the bars in Baldur's Gate because there is no Adventurers Guild associated with the Eagle Puss Tavern. The dwarf who runs it, Aldus Stoneheart. Aldus. A-L-D-U-S Stoneheart. He does offer a special drink, Heartfire, which you would recognize as being on the fucking boat. But yeah. he generally, generally specializes in dwarven brews. He imports them. He doesn't have as much liquor. He does have a few things because he will get some non-dwarven people that come in. The Eagle Puss Tavern is definitely like a dwarf home hub bar in Baldur's Gate. Okay. Because he's... he's I go up to him and I say, I want two shots of something that'll make my throat burn. He's like, well, you're not the first person to ask for this. <sighs> And he brings it down, brings down the heart fire. And he's like, "What's it in? Like, what's the what does the bottle look like?" The bottle is, I believe, I said it looks like its own mini cast carved into the head, the body and head of a dragon. I believe, mm-hmm. and like you could uncork the 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 you can uncork. There's like a wooden cork that looks like fire spewing out of the dragon's mouth, and you uncork the fire, and the liquid comes out of the dragon's mouth. Yes, I remember you saying that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. So yeah, that's it. He, he goes up. This is hot fire. This is the hottest stuff we've got it over by. I mean, it's expensive as hell, but it's the best. And I, and I take out, like, gold. The gold All right, how much you want? I'll take two, please. All right, he starts pouring them in separate shots. Would you like a cheese over with that? We've got some water. I just take them two. All right, let's <laughs> well, well done. Here you go. Yep, roll concept. Wait, 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 wait. I have my Because you got yes, messed up the first time you got it. Like, you drank it. Yes, you got messed I remember up. that. Yeah, that, possible, they're all going to fall out. But yeah. Is it possible <laughs> to get proficiency in drinking heart fire? That's a Look, look, after a while, if you guys keep on this, like, right, we're just going to drink in character group yeah. binge, yeah. I'm just going to stop making you do con saves, because what's the point of that? <laughs> Four! So, the first you shot. do your two shots. That's the first shot. No, no. No, and no, 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 you took them both at once. You feel like you can't, the, the, the burning in your throat is so strong. It's not going to make you throw up or anything, but it has made something click in your head, and you need to vent this anger. You fucking, be, like, all I'm going to talk, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So oh I could go about this two different ways. So I could I could use that for my follow up plan, mm-hmm. or unless the die the, because of what I rolled, I have to do it now. So 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 out. the con save has affected your has the con save is what your body feels. Okay. Right. So make a wisdom save. Okay. For what your mind wants to do. Okay. Plus nine, your nine. 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 You're you don't want to set this bar on fire. You're you're you 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 need to it's full of alcohol. Okay, so my follow up plan can go into effect. I'm burning and I say, Where's the I nearest forge? 
Oh, well, well, I got a third cousin twice removed from a mother just down the street. He's actually a really good person. Oh, great. Thank you so much. He makes the finest dwarven daggers you ever seen. Oh, I love sharp things. Yes, it's fantastic. You look like the kind of girl who can use a sharp thing. I can use so many sharp things. Well, then go and get yourself a sharp thing. I'm going to go get myself a sharp thing, sir. He leans over to the barmaid. She this lady is plastered off her ass. That's the last thing you hear. Is Hearthfire you... really strong? Yes. yes. Oh, okay, yes. Great. And, and so, here. Great. I'm going to go to the forge. I'm going to waltz in. I'm going to cast friends immediately on the, on the blacksmith. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck is friends? It's, 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 it's a, a cantrip. Can Literally. This is a cantrip? What's, yeah. what's the DC? Yeah. What's the DC? Yeah, oh, is it a, it's a oh, based on charisma? Friendship. Oh, my God. It's probably like 15. So, 15. See, no one told you life was gonna be this way. He critically fails. He's your best friend. <laughs> He's also been drinking the heart fire. <laughs> Honestly, he probably uses it in the forge. <laughs> That's really expensive. Hi, what's your name? Fuck. <laughs> I, 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 uh, my, whatever you want my name to be. Hi, Frank. Hey, I need your help. What, do, what can I do for you? I would love to help you make incredible weapons at breakneck speed by providing fire to your forge and lots of it. I, I, fuck yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So. Frank the Forger, Frank the Smithy, with his sign outside that says, like, <laughs> Orville's Arms. Orville's <laughs> Arms. His actual name is Orville. This is actually great because apparently he's been using heart fire, you know, as yeah, to fuel his heart health. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah. I'm literally so. This is this is this is Savara. She's gonna. This is how she's gonna let out her frustration. She's gonna just like. Keep. The forge is at a distance. Well, I can either use control control fire mm-hmm. since the forge is already there, or I can just. There, there's a furnace. That does that. That he seems to be running low on wood for. He tells you that it would be an immense help if you could just keep the furnace hot. Yes. I want to. Oh, my, my, I, I have my fire aura, right? Oh, you want to yeah. turn on your yeah. mantle yeah. flame? Turn it on. <laughs> okay. So yes. Um, so so, so he opens the big gate to the furnace and he says, "Have at it, lass." So I start doing my thing, and yeah. so a, a few minutes, you know, a few like ten minutes pass by. We're doing our thing. Oh, like, oh, oh, oh! Like you get into. I get roll into me, it. Roll me, roll me, roll me a uh, just the standard D twenty. I want to see. Okay, fourteen. Oh, it's fucking fun as hell. Okay. And he he is banging <laughs> out this fucking metal and like working like you two are working like crazy. All right. So then I'm gonna like I'm after like. Some t- an, little, hour. an hour. An goes hour by, goes by, and, and his production has increased twofold. Okay, <clears throat> Frank, I want to ask you something. <clears throat> what would you do if you had a sibling that you fucking despise and were forced to work with her? I got ten siblings. I fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Well, here's the thing. In dwarf country, we have a general thought about family: blood before water. So some of us die of dehydration. But that's another problem that we deal with. Oh, wow. Now, if I had to work with my ten siblings, depends on what it's for. Well... Where I come from, madam, not sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, don't do that again, Frank. We do... I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare. We're best friends now. We we are. We have great works, and, and actually, actually, friends only last an hour. So here's the. So wait, they, so, wait, 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 so, wait. Okay, wait, 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 wait. He says, "I know you came here and enchanted me. 
I know that now. But you seem like a good lass. You helped me out with all my weapons and stuff. I don't know why you needed to cast a spell on me, but I'm forgiving that. But look here. Is he like a wise and old draw? Is this guy he's, like... He's fucking wise. He's a wise, okay. We had a great work that we had to do way back in Gontelgrim. This is the Shield Dwarf capital. Gold Dwarfs. We call ourselves, that's uh, pride and joy. Great public works, and I had to work on my 12 brothers and sisters on this project. Hated them. We all had different ideas, different things we wanted to do. But in the end, it was for the greater good. Did any of them have something that belonged to you? Well, I owed, I owed one ten gold, two people owed me 50 gold, and then this one person stole my favourite set of bagpipes. Yeah, she basically, like, <clears throat> stole a family heirloom item and thinks that it's, like, not a big deal. Among other things, but that's, like, one of the things. <laughs> the sister who who absconded off with me bagpipes, I confronted her about it, and she promised me that she did it for the right reason, and she handed them back. Now that I remember, I just left them in Gunto Grey. And there was a wedding between two great dwarf clans, her being the wife, and the heir to this great mining dwarf, dwarf mining company, being the husband. And after they married, our family got enough money to uh, where we could move, outsource some of our clan to the other boulders, escape, make more money, and send it back to Gontogrim to help further more great public works. Like the walls that protected us from goblin invasions and, and all sorts of drow insurgencies in the Underdark. And I remember, I asked her, how in the hell did you convince that rich bastard to marry you? <laughs> and she told me right, right directly that it was because she wooed him with her bagpipe playing and that was something that he wanted. Someone who's good at instruments. Safara so is like, thinking no about <clears throat> Roland in this current moment and how that relates to her heirloom and her sister having it. And I, is it, uh, not helping. And, I, I, not, and it is not helping whatsoever. I, I, I want to read this dwarf romance book. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's what he. That's that's the that's the story he tells. So basically, the story that Adam made up that he tells. So basically, Frank, what you're telling me is that if it's for the greater good and it's something that can be dealt with at a later moment in time, it's ultimately worth it. Considering that, if we didn't get the money, that we would have been exiled from Gontolgrim and at the whim to be enslaved by random drow people. Yeah, I totally forgive her for stealing my bagpipes. Well, I'm not sure your story actually helped my situation. <laughs> However, I do feel a little better, and I guess I can just suck it up and just, like, say rude things to her in her native language. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> she was fine with it. What? Thanks, Frank. You're welcome. What's your name? I never caught your name. We're best friends, though. My name... <laughs> Is Savara Vicaro. I will forever remember the day that Savara Vicaro doubled my knife production <laughs> for me. Now, listen, I would pay you, but you did kind of cast a spell on me, so that's kind of the trade-off here. I don't turn you into the authorities, and you, you just not get paid. Savara does like one of her colors. <clears throat> it's cool, Frank. Thanks. <laughs> and then she's... She Why does every scene include. feel like a Scott Pilgrim scene? <laughs> <laughs> How lexin? 
Yes. Yes. Here we go. Alexan, you've been at the tavern, the helm and cloak, waiting for uh, this kid from the Super Galaxy Fun Time Five Force Team Magic Magic Dude Squad. <laughs> it's going to change every time, folks. I'm sorry. I'm not memorizing that goddamn <laughs> guild thing. It's like Warehouse 872. <laughs> yes, yes, just like Warehouse 93. Yay. Um, um, I come down from my meeting. Yes. Yes. So this kid looks maybe about 12, 13, 14, max, max. So he's my age. <laughs> well, yes, but like a half-orc difference in physicality and whatnot, growth rates, whatever. Walks in with with, with, with some parchment and like a, a little quill and starts looking around. He instantly recognizes you because the, the disguise self stone is no more. He runs over to you and says, Alexan. Alexa, oh my god, 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 it's you, it's you, I read all about you, I read all about you in the Adventure Times, and he throws, shoves an Adventure Times in your face. I'll pick it up and start reading, because I haven't actually read. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the Rufus Rod Puppy thing, and about the Maglubiet thing, and the whatever. Like, yeah, oh, this is the, 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 um, it was the... The interview, yes. Augusta... Oh, O'Neilly. Oh my god. It's that interview. Oh yeah, yeah, these were fun times. What was your name, kid? Felix. Felix Ward. <laughs> you wanted an autograph? Yes. Oh, oh, yes, please. Yes. Okay, so I'll... Like, so he shoves the parchment in the quill, like, very excitedly. His hands are shaking. So, yeah, I'll... <laughs> His hands are still shaking, <laughs> as you, even as you take them. <laughs> um, and, you know, just write out, like, a, a little, um, stay sharp and always do the right thing. Stay sharp. Yeah. Stay sharp. <laughs> and always okay, do Dad. the right thing. <laughs> Are you love your friendly neighborhood you aware of, of, of <laughs> Do you remember what Alex is? Accurate. Basically, Dad. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. He's a sharp thing. Spiny. Stay sharp. He's a sharp do, thing. And always do the right thing. Okay, I just have to write that down. So, <clears throat> hand it back to him and, you know, inside and everything. I look over at what he wrote and it's yeah. like... He says, oh, thank you. Well, oh, oh, my God. The oh. guys won't, won't believe this. There are guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, my friends. The, the, the other guildmates. At the, and he rattles off the fucking name. Oh, oh I did name. hear about a, a small outfit upgrade. Mm-hmm. 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 They don't really... They're more like a social club for young teenagers who want to... Yeah. So, I, so they kind of filter into other guildmates <clears throat> later? They or? eventually do. It's like preschool okay. and then... You know. Preschool. <laughs> Adventuring preschool. Essentially. Why did you want to adventure? He he just holds up the the parchment that you that you handed that you autographed, and he just takes his finger and he just draws his finger across. Do the right thing. My daddy's a city watchman, and I <laughs> I just he 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 always he always told me to do the right thing. So I'm that's that's what I want to do. Well then, uh, I think this city will be in good hands when you're old enough. And he he smiles. And, and he's like, thank you. So, listen, we're going to have to get going really soon. Uh, can't really say why or to where, but... Ooh, secret mission. Gotcha. Very, very secret. Very, gotcha. Very, very high profile. Ooh. Yeah. In fact, tell no one we left. He does the draw across his lips thing, and he's like... He, he looks as if he's been entrusted with the most important thing in his life. But listen, you, you went to the trouble to look for me at, when we were coming off the boat, and I really wanted to let you know how much I appreciated that, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, all those people who, who are saying who's saying that you're evil? No, no, that's not right. I, I, I know when people are evil. You're not evil. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna show them you're not evil. You're not evil. 
Yes, Rond. <laughs> That's not enough. Um, <laughs> just, just don't getting, just don't go getting yourself hurt, kid. It's pretty wild out there, from what I've seen. I'm a guild member. I can take care of myself. Um, he, he's proudly. This kid's stands. gonna die. <laughs> he's, 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 he's fourteen year old for like human, human, human. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I stand up. I go over to him. I'm taller yeah. now, apparently. <laughs> I, like, I, like, pat him around, like, testing his stance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, how What is... are you doing? Stop. This is weird. Please stop. <laughs> Rond, it's a boy, not a magical item. You gotta have a sturdier stance than that if you're gonna if you're gonna stand on your own two feet out there, all right? Okay. So, uh, Connell's gonna kill me, but uh, I'll, I'm gonna take out the, the short sword. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Through Hulk, uh, yep. the dagger carved from your spine, yep. the, whatever it was. Yeah. And so, I'm gonna kind of like hold, hold it out to him. I want you to take this. What? It's dangerous to go alone. <laughs> you... No. Yeah. Oh, Connell has to make a roll. I need someone... He's not there. Where is he? Take care of the six. Oh, I'll take good care of it. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. Yes, yeah. Learn to use it before yeah. you go off adventuring. Yes, sir. And don't lose it. No, 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 sir. I mean, yes, sir. I mean, no, sir. Yes. I won't lose it, sir. Thank you. Thank you. you. Pat him on the shoulder. He just starts to run off. He turns around. He smiles at you. He waves. And he runs out the door. Where, where is this all happening? Like this outside? is in the in the tavern. Oh, in the tavern? Mm-hmm. Uh, perception check, uh, Hoaxen and Ront. Okay. You go first. Eight. Mm-hmm. Eighteen. Okay. Cool. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, since I haven't established where I was... So they're in the tavern, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't established where Connell was, but you know that Connell's been going for Heartfire. Mm, so you could definitely so, be there. So he's, you could have seen the he whole thing. He comes right up to Halak and he's like, Gosh darn hell, that was such a nice thing you did. Well, to be completely honest, it was a little bit self-serving too. Where the hell did you come from? <laughs> the, the kid had guts. I liked him. You have guts, man. Yo, you are breaking my heart here. That was so kind of you. I and I know you cherish that because I made it for you. <laughs> yes, I do cherish it. That's why I would prefer that if we die in the mountain, it wasn't with us. We should go tell him that if you ever die, man, I'm telling you, you won't die. <laughs> but if you ever die, he got to put it on your grave. That's just how it goes. Just how it goes. We'll tell, we'll tell him when we get back. <laughs> this is primo radio, everyone. <laughs> primo radio. I love it. Barkeep, I need, I need like five. I need, I need five of something. <laughs> he, he gives you five random things, a mix and match. Yes. And he puts it on your tab. It's on the guild tab. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, which, which they often take out of your pay for whatever. Yeah. yeah. Also, you guys sign the liability waivers and for what? Whatever. For the for the mission, this is all organized kind of through the guild again, secretly. Oh, that. You know. Yeah. But I, I have the thing. Take a shot. Sign a little bit, take a shot, sign a little bit more, take a shot. <laughs> oh, actually, now that I think about it, um, before all this is done, I want to go find uh, Glynn. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that uh, I'll give her, like, almost all the gold I have left. So, oh, like, I'll give her, like, 50 gold and yeah. keep, like, 10. Cool. 
um, just be like, you know, this is this is yours. Um, yeah. If I don't come back, then the horses are yours. Mm-hmm. She she says thank you and she wishes you luck. Can you do me one more favor? Can you find it was Felix, right? Was Felix. Yeah. Can you find Felix at the you know whatever whatever yeah, whatever that, guild? Yeah. Um, and just like you know, write out you know just a little note and mm-hmm. just so that because I forgot to tell him, so let him know that the the, the sword's name is Ralco. Yep, she she agrees yeah. and she writes that down and she's probably going to do that t- tomorrow or at some point, you know. Whenever actually, uh, is there anyone is it least staffed here? Or have people mostly come back from the commotion? People are mostly come back from the commotion. Um, I'll ask one of them. Hey, can you get one of the guys to like maybe just over the course of the day make like a patrol just like once a once over of the, like, the three kegs wherever mm-hmm. it was the yeah, preschool yeah, yeah. The, that that tavern. Yeah, yeah, that they are um, out, that the Felix is just like every once in a while. Just make sure that nothing weird's mm-hmm. going on okay. d- down over there. Yeah, like like they they are fine, but they the, those those kids are a little uh, hot under the collar. Maybe <laughs> okay. I don't want them getting into trouble before they're big enough to get into trouble. Yeah, they'll they'll do a little <clears throat> thing. Yeah, and probably the dwarf fighter that trained Alexin is there. Norris <laughs> is there. Like in, in part time. <laughs> yeah, and, and you just you just hear him just like his because he's full plate and you can't see anything. Probably can't even see his eyes barely. And you just hear clunk and he just run, walks off. Off <laughs> record, uh, who is the one who trained me at the guild? Is it not also Norris? <laughs> It, no, because you got ranger training. I haven't thought of a good ranger name. That's fine. I, if I don't have no name yet, that's fine. Just, yeah, I, well, like, I, I never, like, it. yeah. Uh, come up with it? Like, come up with, yeah, just come up with it, and then, like, get get back to me uh, whenever, you know. Just be thinking. Yeah, and then I'm back, boring. I'm just back. curious. Cause, like, um, breathless elven word for shadow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so any other scenes? Nope, I think that's it. Just cool. make, make sure to... Did, was it okay if I had her go out and get a crossbow? Yeah, yeah. She, okay, so she, she, that was immediately what she went and she came back. And okay. within the timely expanse, so you now have a crossbow. Crossbow and like two cases of bolts. Yeah, yeah. so number. 40 okay. bolts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in that time I have burped and waited. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, we will get sorry. That's uh, cool, I'm not impatient. I'm just trying to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 cut, we cut to a scene of, of a character who isn't named yet. And she's just like mm-hmm, poking her fire. <laughs> Just Takes yep. a swig of mm-hmm. yep. some substance. <laughs> um, the blood of her enemies. So. Hey everyone, Adam here. Just got a few announcements. First off, I uh, want to let you know that we've got some juicy, juicy character introduction coming up here in this latter half of the show. Also, I want to thank you all for tuning in to our Twitch stream that we had this past Wednesday. It was a big success, I think, considering for our first Twitch stream ever. Uh, we did some Divinity Original Sin, and then we did some Sea of Thieves gameplay, I believe. Yes, yes, that was exactly it. And that went over real well. We're definitely going to continue with the Sea of Thieves gameplay, I believe. We're going to try and get Pierre in it. I believe Mike expressed he had some interest. Also, Gerald. And we're going to try and sail the seas together in search of booty and plunder. And I don't know what else. Uh, Brigitta came out for Overwatch, so I'll probably be doing a lot of Brigitta gameplay. 
and definitely keep on with some Paladins gameplay. And I haven't done that yet, but so far we're going to be doing Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight Eastern Standard Time. And then, who knows, we might do some Saturday night twitching as well. It really depends on what schedules look like for me specifically, since I'll probably be the one doing the most streaming here but you might see some uh, some of the others doing some uh some stuff on their own too we shall find out again our twitch channel is the spellcast people i know there is also the spellcast dnd twitch channel up i am thinking about deleting that since we might if we do a dnd stream anyway it might just you know be just like the redundancy is is useless there so Again, that is the Spellcast People. We will be twitching starting now every Wednesday from 8 p.m. until midnight Eastern Standard Time, and then we will go from there to see what other nights we can stream. Hope you tune in, and hope to see you in the, uh, in the chat box. And now onto our Q Corner. The last question we asked was, which official 5e module has been your favorite and why? From Facebook, we have John Payton. Tales from the Yawning Portal, Tomoa Khan, and White Plume Mountain are stone-cold classics. I'm willing to forgive the spineless conversion of Tomb of Horrors, because the other conversions are done well. Scooter Smith, Lost Minds was really enjoyable and easy to approach as a new DM. Kelsey Link comes at us with Outlaws of the Iron Route. It's got a good mix of roleplay, sneaking opportunities, and combat. From Twitter, we have C.A. Wood Publishing with Out of the Abyss. Best setting, best story, best sandbox, best start, best tribute to the old school modules with the drow. Thank you, everyone, for putting in your answers to that Q Corner. We appreciate it. Our new Q Corner is going to be which game universe should have an official tabletop RPG. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think we need an official Legend of Zelda tabletop RPG, and it's long over fucking due. When we post this question, reply on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I realize I goofed and I didn't put it up on Instagram. The last question, I'm sorry for that, all you Instagrammers, Instagrammarians, Instagrammarians, I think that's the correct one. Anywho, find us there. We are at the Spellcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us with the Spellcast D&D Facebook page. You can also find where I post using my personal profile on the unofficial Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Facebook page. Please find those, reply, and get us your answers. We'd love to hear them. Lastly, and this is a non-sponsored plug, I'm doing this because this is fucking delicious. I recently ordered a pound of coffee from exp.resso, so experience, resso, espresso coffees, and the one I got was Max Level. It's so delicious. Max Level from ExpressoCoffees.com. You can find, you can buy a pound. Again, this is unsponsored. I'm doing this because it's fucking delicious coffee. 
and I've been using it on these late nights with these cuttings that I've had to I've had to cut like four hours uh, into one and a half hour and it was tough and like soul breaking at points because I didn't want to cut out things that I that I wanted to keep in there especially particularly from Sam's uh, from Sam's intro but I'm going to reuse that at a later date so anywho again this is espresso coffees their max level highly caffeinated blend uh, you can find them again at expressocoffees.com I believe the pound of coffee that I ordered from them was $16.99 I forgot how much the shipping was it's gonna be different for where you are but they also have limited edition ceramic mugs and they only have 50 of those for $31.99 and I might actually get one of those and also they got the t-shirts too $15.99 $16.99 again this is non-sponsored it's just that I love their coffee so go ahead try it out I urge you it will definitely keep you up long D&D sessions and long twitch streaming sessions or gaming sessions in general Again, this is Adam Brooks. I hope you enjoyed this little break we had. I hope you're enjoying the episode, and I hope you enjoy Sam's intro for Azazel Makus. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Cut to nighttime. Yeah. On the barge. Yeah. On the river. Yeah. It's being sort of... It's sort of like a keelboat, like a very large keelboat. Wait, yes. hold on. We're cutting ahead to when we meet up with... You're cutting ahead to when you're on the boat. Um, I'm going to ignore my sister for the whole as okay. much as I possibly can. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Hooray! Right. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. His name is Robert and Cloak, or Rob for short. Got it. Um, I should say that Tessa was there at the docks. Uh, she informs you all that she's going to go back to the Emerald Enclave and fill out a report and all that. Um, because she has so, so many duties, she is relinquishing her her uh, crossbow, which turns into a weird sort of amorphous ball of energy sort of thing that she hands to Roland. <coughs> and he sort of, like, packets it, and he tells her thank you for all the help and she goes off and she takes Seth and Sarah and goes off back to the Emerald Enclave. Roland says uh well don't worry I have a plan you guys will see and so the barge is on its way. Will we now? Travels up the river it's it is a, a waning crescent moon. It's not super bright out on the water but you can still see. Uh this keelboat is slowly half sailing half being pushed up the river along the side of the uh shoreline. And you get to this this entrance, and there's a couple of guards there. No campfire. You can just tell that there are uh, figures sitting on these rocks outside this cave entrance. And you pull up, and it's some of Dillard Porter's men. Roland introduces himself to them as Reginald, informs them who he is, that he works for Dillard, that this is that he gives them the papers that like certify all of this their new orders, which are to take the barge back up river with whatever cover story they had for uh, anyone who asked why there was a barge going up and then back down the river. And you guys are standing at this cave entrance with the mule. And Roland says, um, okay, for everyone's safety, I kind of need... Oh, wait, you guys took seven items with you, yeah? Mm -hmm. So, also hopping off the boat with you and the mules is a mastiff. Ooh, yes. One from Dillard's personal kennel to be sent with you as a guard dog. Big dog. As a guard dog to, like, so no one has to keep watch at night because why would you never, why would you ever not buy a dog to keep watch at night so you all can get some sleep? That's awesome. Dude. I love, I love Mastiff. So, yeah, so yeah. sent with you as a guard dog. His name is... Pickles. 
pickles. Pickles. Pickles. The badass master. Yes. You Come better here, tell pickles. us now. Or we're gonna send pickles after you. Sick of pickles. Sick of pickles. That's the best. So yes, yeah, so pickles jumped off and he's sitting there. Um and Reginald Roland tells you guys that you might want to take a few steps into the cave if you don't want to get hurt or like killed. I have to talk to some people and I don't it's it's going to be best if you get in the cave. It's it's hard to explain. Understood. Hard to explain. So do you all step in the cave? I roll my eyes and step into the cave. Okay, cool. Yes, the rest eyes. of the party. Good. Okay, so so come on, pickles. <laughs> Lead the mules and pickles into the cave. Roland takes off his little box thing and he starts talking into it again. Okay. Yep. Yep. Drop confirmed. Uh huh. And then he runs back inside the cave and he's like, "Just watch. This is cool as hell." I'm getting a care package. So. At first, you see in high in the sky, sort of like sort of like a star twinkle, where there wasn't a star before, and it's kind of like a. It's weird for 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 a millisecond, it seems like it's multicolored. You don't you don't fucking know. Like it's just twinkle, and then you see nothing for like a few seconds, and then all of a sudden, like 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 a comet, like a like a shooting star trail, moving very fast, getting bigger over a short amount of time, and you realize that it's heading pretty much right next to the cave entrance uh, Mm -hmm. on the shoreline. And there is fire engulfing this object, and it starts dropping down, and there is this high whistle, and then you see exploding from the back of it these huge metal plates that slow it down a lot. Before it hits the ground, there is, how to explain it? It's like, it's like a jet of flame that shoots underneath this box looking thing. This big metal box looking thing. To cushion it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like almost teardrop shape. And it just sort of clunks down onto the shoreline. Did you guys see that? Look at that fire. Shh, draw the sword. He's like, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. She's one of us. It's a she. Hey. <laughs> so outburst, I, I kick the door open. Roll. <laughs> oh, it's return of the combat roll. Yes. Return Roland, of the combat roll. Rolling face palms because he's like, God damn it, she broke another one. <laughs> broke it. Broke it. Yeah, broke breaks the door off the hinges. I, I walk over to the door and that I look awesome at it. Some combat roll. Mm-hmm. Is it heavy? It's fucking heavy. I, I slowly drag it. <laughs> so so Sam, go ahead and introduce your character. Uh, so my character's name is Azazel. Uh, Azazel Magus, actually. <laughs> um, I am Azamar. I'm pretty sure everyone here knows what it is, no, but no. Um, not at all. It, I am a descendant of a celestial being. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Essentially. Somewhere, somewhere in your uh, ancestry, there there is some celestial mingling yes. there, either from an angel or like a divine being, or you don't know what. Or but and I was raised by hippie cultists. <laughs> so. And what class are you playing? I'm playing a barbarian. Mm-hmm. What subclass? Scorch. Scorch. Um, you're playing a zealot barbarian. A zealot, yes, yes. yes. Awesome. And it's the Scourge uh, sub-race yes. for the Azor. Nice. Sam, welcome. Azazel. Interesting, wonderful Azamar barbarian. Hello, audience. 
I'm Sam. Azazel is my character. Uh, very tall, about 6'3". Strong build because she is a barbarian and you gotta have a sturdy build. She has known battle, like a lot of battle. Uh, where she comes from is not on the same plane as um, Baldur's Gate. She was chosen by the god here to be a part of the uh, interdimensional police. Yes, that's, yeah. <laughs> and that, how you yeah, got into that is, I, I, I think you, you gave me a story and we worked together to sort of like work into how, how Tyr, how he like sort of brought you into this thing. Yes. So so let's start. I know we agreed that you're not from the plane of the Forgotten Realms. You're from yes. this other plane. Tell us about your home life. Tell us about growing up, who your parents are. Let's start let's start from let's get to really know Azazel. <laughs> uh in that sense. Uh Azazel wasn't born in any city or um really on any map. Her parents were in a sort of cult. They were off the grid uh, in a very hard place to find in the forest because they were pretty much nature-loving hippies. <laughs> Quote-unquote, you know, hippies in a very loose term. Her parents abhorred violence of any kind. Later, it's kind of hypocritical in my backstory there, uh, but they only wanted to praise the nature and spirits and their nature god. And everything else was kind of moot. They hated the government that was controlling them. That's why they moved off the grid. Did they go off the grid by themselves, or did like they go with a group? Technically, they went with a group originally. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it was more like they were coerced. So one of those cults were like, if you don't go with us to make a commune in the woods, you're damned for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Sort of okay, got it. Got Pretty it. Okay. much. Pretty much picked up off of the street and brainwashed into this cult. Now, with that being said, her parents. Nira and Astanos were pretty strict with her. They had, they lived by house rules, which were no violence, no killing of animals, no weaponry of any kind in the house. Like, even if a stick was a little too sharp, they'd throw it out. Um, <laughs> no harming. Like, they lived under the nature and nature's rules. Originally, like, they lived in an uh, open roof tent, uh, which is very small for them. She had five other siblings, oh, and uh, including her parents, so it was very cramped. They were all on top of each other. Mm -hmm. Three of her siblings actually passed away. Her two youngest siblings died from pretty much weather-related illness because they, when I tell you that was an open roof, Literally, it was because the parents wanted to see the stars. Nira and Astanos, they were just like, we're so fascinated by nature and living in this beautiful country that was seasonal. Um, <laughs> we're just gonna, you know, view the night like and live off of each other's warmth. And so I suspect that the rest of the commune was very supportive very of this and very similar <laughs> yeah. to this sort of like, well, if you fucking die, you fucking die. That's it, I guess. You yeah. Know? Man. Uh, it, unfortunately, a lot of children passed in that village. Uh, it's because they couldn't survive the weather. They couldn't survive the conditions. Right. Her oldest sister died, and that was the one that she really connected with because her sister wanted to get out as badly as mm -hmm. she did. So when her sister passed, about a year later, she met a wandering soldier. Yes. This wandering soldier, female, uh, I'm going to let you tell, what was her preferred, like, was she a frontline infantry person? Do you remember any? Uh... I know that she was pretty much a frontline infantry, okay. like, infantry, like, 
first on the battle. Yeah. And now, no, you came across this soldier because she was wounded. And trying to look for any kind of medical attention. It wasn't right. so much that she escaped from battle. Right. Uh, she just she, couldn't find her regiment. Yeah, exactly. And I would say she explained to you that she's been walking around the forests outside of your village uh, for a while now and hasn't quite found her way out. In fact, she made it a point to say, I keep coming back to this village. It's like I'm walking in circles, which is odd. I mean, you probably assume she's lost. Yeah. I can't find her way around. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she makes it. How did you first come across her? Well, uh, at first, she actually stumbled upon the village. Mm-hmm. She wanted, like she looked like she had been uh, shot with an arrow mm-hmm. in her left arm. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too serious, but she first came to each one of the houses to ask for shelter because she was wounded and she wanted to find a way to get to town and everybody just kind of turned their backs towards her because she was one injured from battle wounds and two she actually carried weapons with her i was fascinated by her because she had all of these things with her these things i've never seen before like what is she wearing mm-hmm. she was wearing armor she's wearing metal on yeah, her body metal why? on her yeah. body yeah. why mm-hmm. so with that being said i saw her in a, in a glimpse like mm-hmm outside our little tent uh, door opening flap. Yeah, the flap. The flap. (laughs) And I was so fascinated, I thought of a plan. Uh, This is my opportunity. I needed to leave as fast as I could and maybe she could help me. So I ran to my garden. I gathered a whole bunch of things in a basket and I asked my parents, can I please, please go to this woman and help her? She seems like she is in need. And my parents, I didn't agree with them, mm-hmm. ever. They finally thought, oh my god, this girl's finally coming around. A gesture of kindness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really wasn't. It was just a device I could use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they told me where she was going. Mm-hmm. I ran to the chief's place with this basket of food, and I was just like, please, please, if you can't stay, here's this basket of food and mm-hmm. some medicine that we have here. Mm-hmm. And the woman looked at me a little funny <laughs> and the chief was just like thought it as a gesture of kindness because he also knew since he knows everybody in the village it's a very small village that if i was being nice to this woman that must mean something great mm-hmm. and so he took her in mm-hmm. under the rule that she keep her weaponry and armor outside of the village limits so I told her, I'll help her. I'll help her, like, have a place to hide so that she she knows. Since she's been walking around, she doesn't know exactly where she's going. Right. So I, I led her to a place, and as we were putting stuff away, she's like, Girl, cut the shit. What do you want? No one here is nice. No one here is nice. They all turned their back on me. And because you decided you wanted to help me, they started to be like, oh, okay. What's, what, what's the deal? Yeah. What's the deal? And I was just like, you need to help me. I don't like this place at all. As you can tell... Everybody in this village is just a little off. And she she probably twirls her finger around her her ear like, yeah, they seem a little cuckoo. Like, not gonna lie. Um, Before my sister died, I was planning to leave. And she looked at me and said, what do you need from me? I need you to teach me how to hunt. I need you to teach me how to be pretty much like you and leave this place. 
I need to know how to fight and defend myself. And so she does. She explains to you what her profession is, why she does what she does, yes. what these these tools that she has are. These weapons, these swords, these knives, these her shield, her whatever she has. She also explains the concept of armor, and she explains to you, like, well, we have to go out, and when we're on the field, we each all have to know how to like find her own food and so she opens her pack and she shows you some of uh some meat rations that she's had to find and she shares some with you exactly like i didn't even know what that was yeah so when i first had it it was wonderful amazing it was amazing the taste has never left probably me. like i don't know if you can make rabbit jerky i think you can make jerky out of damn near anything yes but like <laughs> rabbit jerky and so that fascinates you yes and i wanted to learn everything i could from her and so she did. She taught mm -hmm. me everything she knew, how mm -hmm. to trap, how to hunt, how to track a, a animal, mm -hmm. how, to, um, how to fight. Very, very basic. And I owe her so much for that, even though it was only within a month. Unfortunately, she got into a altercation with the village chief and broke his nose. Well, <laughs> the village chief has... He was scum. He is scum. Yeah. So yes, it turns out the village chief had ulterior motives, as it were. And so yeah, there's a little altercation. What's her name? What's the soldier's name? What's her name? I don't know her name. Her name was Soren. Thorin Caddis. Spell it. Thorin. Thorin. Okay. T-H-O-R-I-N. Thorin. Caddis. Caddis. Yeah, which is K-A-T-T-I-S. Caddis. Okay. So Thorin Caddis, this soldier, just broke the chief's nose, stormed out of the tent. Well, he, the way she put it was he was trying to take advantage of her in her sleep. So she woke up to him trying to get at her, and she immediately went into full reaction and broke his nose. Not in the fist, but when she went back. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, with, uh, <laughs> with the bows, throwing some yeah. bows. I was a little upset because she had to leave. He yeah. pretty much made a whole big stink about it, and he said that she violated everything and he wasn't trying to do anything to her and of course all the and village believed him yeah of because course, of course because he's, he's a, a god-fearing man right when push came to shove i could not go with her they publicly, like, he publicly ousted her mm -hmm. and in the daytime sent her away. Mm -hmm. Like, he even had a couple of uh, villagers go with her when she left. But the thing is, it's like, uh, I wanted, like, at least five minutes. I asked my villagers, like, hey, I've been with her this whole time. Can I at least say my goodbye? When she left, she left me one of her daggers where she told me, listen, when you're old enough, get out of here. Mm -hmm. These people I've realized in the month that I've stayed here are not right. They're, there's something wrong. So when you're old enough, please, please <laughs> get out of here as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Find a way. Everything that I've taught you so far will help you. And yeah, after she explains all of these things to you, where where you might go to like get started in whatever you want to do outside of this village, she explains to you that there should be a city. She's had a hell of a time trying to find it, trying to even leave around this wooded area. Um, apparently, I learned also that it was northwest from the village. That By I her reckoning, yes. Mm -hmm. And so when they when my time was done with her, I, I hid my things. I've hid the things that she gave me mm -hmm. deeper into the forest, and she left and I never heard from her again. So about how long after this does Azazel make her leave from her village? So at the time I was about 13. Mm -hmm. um, I left 
when I was 16. 16 is the age of adulthood mm-hmm. in my village. So I, at the time, had a ceremony where I attuned with my spirits and I got the spirit of a bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is my totem. And quickly after, usually they take a little bit of time to arrange marriages, but my parents were so eager to marry me off because they didn't want to deal with me anymore to just, yeah, fuck it. Let's, let's find a, a person to put this girl onto. And that was because of a prior incident. Mm-hmm. Like my parents became suspir- uh, suspicious about what I was doing with my free time. Because you had been hunting and trapping and like... Yeah, I practiced every day Keeping your skills up, yeah. Yeah. 14 years old, I practiced every day. And what happened was (laughs) my mother, Nira, sent my sister to spy on me and see where I was going because I looked healthier with the fact that I was trapping and killing and now and have, had eating. proper protein yeah, and intake. had protein, yeah. proper protein intake i was looking a little stronger than uh than the kids in the village mm-hmm. and so uh, my mother became very concerned which was weird i mean i mean you yeah. should be like oh my kid's happy yeah. and healthy yay yeah. right no yeah. my kid should look malnourished um very weird. <laughs> uh so She sent my sister to look after me, and she found me trapping and killing a small animal, a squirrel, I believe. And she was horrified, so she ran back to my parents and tattled. Uh, Which was encouraged in the village. You should let anyone know if anyone is breaking any any of the dogma that we preach. Yes. So, when I came home that night, my mother was waiting for me with a whipping cane. And I didn't know how the frick she actually had it mm-hmm. uh but she she caught me by surprise and like whipped me right in the face uh she broke skin and that's why i have a scar uh and beat me relentlessly so here's a thing that i'm going to point out to you you notice as you were being caned and beaten and as you're bleeding and you look down you notice that the blood is not exactly red yeah it's funnily enough more silver like Yes. Which is weird as shit to you. And your mother doesn't notice until probably at the very, very, very end. And she stops beating you and she just throws the cane away. And then she she runs off. She comes back after a little bit. I mean, you're like, whatever. But she doesn't speak to you for... Oh, she doesn't speak to me for about for six months or so. Mm-hmm. After that, she felt horrible about it. Mm-hmm. Because, well... She went against her own rules, mm-hmm. and every like the thing is, is I never forgave her for it. Uh, what she did to me, I felt angry. Like as soon as she hit me in the face, mm-hmm. I felt red hot boiling rage. Rage, yes, yes. Um, her she screamed at the top of her lungs when she beat me. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you do this? So, after that, I never felt the same way towards her. Mm-hmm. I felt she was so hypocritical. Like, for a parent to instill so much into a child Mm -hmm. and like go against their word Mm -hmm. was hypocritical to me so every single time she tried to make amends with me i just shut her up i I think i broke her heart but when i was 16 they married me off my father couldn't stand it anymore who do they marry you off to well they have this thing where they blindfold you Mm -hmm. and take you to your husband's house Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, it was like, they took me a very long way, which I was very skeptical about because I was just like, where the fuck am I going? Mm -hmm. They took me to the chief's house 
I was to be marrying the chief's son, Mm -hmm. Wilson. Mm -hmm. And this kid is kind of creepy looking. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. tall, lanky, shrouded. I was okay with Wilson. Like, we didn't really talk much. But as soon as we, like, I sat down at this wedding table and they took the blindfolds off of me, I was horribly relieved because I I had two other choices and they weren't good. Thankfully, they left us alone for a few minutes, and I learned that Wilson was not happy with this situation either. Felt the same way. Yeah. So you plotted to to escape? Yes. And one night you eventually did? Yes. He had all the plans mapped Mm out. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't really work in the fields. He wasn't Mm -hmm. like, he was more like a a chief to be, so he like overviewed everything. He didn't have much Mm -hmm. muscle. Right. So he had everything strategized and like what time to leave would be best and we left a few weeks after. Before our marriage actually came. Before any other ceremonies. Yeah, before any other ceremonies. Like I was to meet my fiance, sort of. Like Mm -hmm. that was was the meet, first meet. Before our wedding, we escaped. It took, like he said it was about two days of walking, like north. It was about four days because he kept on complaining. Well, yeah, two days of walking to to leave the village. So, yeah. so here's the thing. Wilson also explains to you this weird phenomenon of tr- one day he tried to map out where the city was. He walked for two days and got to where he thought was the edge of everything. And then he walked for two more days and just ended up coming back to the village by walking just in a straight line. Yes. Which is weird, because you've never experienced that before. And also clicks with what Thorin was explaining to you. Something's weird. And this is the first inclination that you believe that there is something more wrong with this village in a supernatural sense, right? Yes. And so Wilson's still like, "I, I still feel like we should go, like something's wrong. We should at least keep trying. Yes. And so this big expedition to leave the, the the village and the surrounding area of it occurs. And it does take about two days. And then you you get to where he said, you get to a point where he said, this is like my midpoint. And then I walked back to the village. So I can't figure out how I got turned around here. And he asked you, should we just like, keep going? Should we make a turn? Like, what should we do? Should we just like, walk in a straight line? Like, what are we going to do? Let's rest here for the night and see what goes on. And, and, then, then, go, and then go in which direction afterwards? West. Okay. When you are asleep, you you wake up in the dead of night because you hear this voice. I do. And it says, cross the threshold. Just cross the threshold. Wilson's dead asleep, right? Yeah, yeah he's snoring. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I tried looking around to see where that voice was coming from. Inside your tent, you do not see anything. However, in the flap of your tent, you can see this soft, pearlescent light. Every time you hear the voice speak, there's a soft, pearlescent light sort of illuminating just on the inside of the flap that's facing outward. It's kind of like, you know, how campfire will illuminate the inside of a flap if it's pulled back. So, yeah. Yeah, so I got up to check what the flap was. Mm -hmm. When you peek out of the flap, and you to see where this this light is coming from. You still hear this voice repeating itself. And at the very outside edge of your camp, in in a line, just a line with the, with a slight curvature to it, almost as if there was a barrier. But I didn't know what it was at the time. And every time this voice says, "Cross the threshold," with each audible sound you hear, it's kind of like this waveform of pearlescent light 
shimmering up from the ground up to the sky uh, as, as far as you can see through the canopy through the trees way over the top and it's just this shimmering uh, and it's localized but you can tell that there's this wall this this line of sorts that is reacting to this voice that you are hearing and it almost sounds like this voice is coming through from this this wall yes so I decided to actually just crush it <laughs> as you approach it the voice says and if you want your friend to come along I would grab him too he's dead asleep so I would have to drag yeah him. you're gonna have to wake him up <laughs> I mean at that point I was fully awake mm-hmm. um so I did decide like you know what if this thing is telling me like hey cross this line mm-hmm. screw it yeah I'm gonna do it if it gets me out of this hellhole so, so do you wake Wilson up of course I wake of course Wilson up. Wilson's kind of freaking out he's yeah. he's very like, what's going on because as far as you can tell in the village, you've never experienced magic, right? You know your parents talk about, talk very little about their old life or whatnot. I mean, and they do talk of magic, but how it's natural and it shouldn't happen. Like, yes. And it's uh, very wrong and my, whatever. Yeah, my parents have uh, always said, like, uh, things that are unnatural, that don't occur from mm-hmm. hard work, mm-hmm. are sort of evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they, they should be kept away from. Like, you should just stay away from it. Right. And not to, like, mess with it at all. Again, they had always focused on, like, magic happens by the gods. If gods produce miracles. That's mm-hmm. what they said. We are, we are sort of peasants. We do not produce miracles mm-hmm. or anything of that sort. Right. We should just see it as, you know, this, this is a miracle preventing us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that kind of thing. So, I had no idea what this was. Obviously, back of my mind was screaming, like, this is what I, what my parents have told me. This is, like, something from the gods. Mm-hmm. But if it's telling me to cross it, why not? Why not? And so Wilson, Wilson and I, like, he was stuttering throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just like, what? Huh? Waving his arms around, like, what is what is going on? It's telling us to cross. We need to cross. Let's cross. You turn around, cross the threshold. The forest around you looks entirely different than the forest you were in. There are still trees, but they're not recognizable. They're not the forest that I've known. They are not the forest you know. Yeah. In fact, when you cross the trees, it was middle of the night when mm-hmm. you were there. It's bright daylight on the other side. Yep. And you turn around, your camp's not there, nothing's there. And out from behind a tree, this very wide-trunked oak steps this grizzly bear. And it looks at the both of you. It doesn't growl. You can hear the footsteps kind of silently on the on the forest floor uh, trotting. And then it stands up. And this thing is not even 15 feet away. And on the chest of this uh, grizzly bear, there's a lighter colored fur patch. And it's almost as if the fur has grown into uh, the shape of one of these uh, weapons that Thorin had with her upright, which you recognize as a warhammer because she taught you about it. Yes. And on the top of this warhammer, balancing, is a set of scales in perfect balance. And it's this fur patch in the shape of it. And this bear is just standing on its hind legs, looking down at both of you. And you hear this voice inside your head that says, Congratulations, you've passed my test. Well, this is interesting. <laughs> Wilson so, faints. Yeah. Wilson, Wilson faints. Wilson does faint. He's... He's more of a pencil pusher. <laughs> yeah, he's poor Wilson. Wilson legitimately falls to the floor flat. Mm-hmm. This this grizzly bear looks at Wilson and says, "That was expected." <laughs> The grizzly bear turns to you and says, The feelings you are feeling right now are also what I expected. Oh, <laughs> yes. 
Well, the grizzly bear also says, My albeit unwilling messenger trained you well. Thorin. Yes. God bless that woman. <laughs> yes. She she is a wonderful, devout follower of mine. She does not know what work she did for me, yet she will be rewarded. You have work for me that must be done. Obviously, I'm surprised at this point. Um, Do you know who I am? No. The bear shifts... Uh, from this grizzly bear form into a rather tall uh, individual. This hulking statuesque man in armor. You can't see his face. Full plate. A shield with the similar symbol that was on the bear fur. The war hammer with the scales. Mm -hmm. And then a giant mace resting on the ground with his hand sort of on the pommel. And he says, I am Tyr. God of justice. Well, this is interesting. I'm finally meeting a god. Uh, hi. <laughs> I don't know exactly what to say to you, but I have work for you, obviously. Yes, you do. Um, pray tell what it is. I'm giving you this chance to escape their fate. You and your, uh, friend there. <laughs> is he one of the chosen as well? No, he's, he just got lucky. Let's just say <laughs> Okay. That. He just got lucky. Well, thank you for giving me an opportunity. And with that, he, he asks you to walk with him. Of course I walk with him. As long as I can get the training I need and be somewhere with that is not where I lived. I That is, I can guarantee <laughs> you that. He says that the is... place you're going is absolutely nothing like where you are. Okay. As long well, as that can happen, I think we're even. What do you want to do about Wilson? Wilson can join me. Yeah, I just don't think he'll be up to snuff. That's fine. I'm sure they can put him at a desk job. Yeah, the okay. God says, says the god of justice in full plate and Warhammer. <laughs> so cut forward. Let's cut forward about two years. Yeah. You are in this anti-magic field reinforced lead-lined interrogation room. And... Right now, your fist is just retracting from a punch where you are beating the shit out of this snake-headed motherfucker. Yeah. You know yourself to be in the headquarters of the Sentinels of the Prime in the city of Sigil. And this uh, snake-headed creature, which through your training you know to be a 1T, you took various classes on on the beings in the multiverse, people to watch out for. I learned a lot. Learned a lot of shit. Yeah, things I had no idea of while I was living in my village. Yes, yes. I also learned what a cult meant. Mm -hmm. It is a culture shock, yes. Yes, a culture shock. And <laughs> this being who you've told his name is so akash is hissing at you and is not giving you very much information he's repeating similar phrases such as dendar will come and eat you all the world will be swallowed you shall know eternal darkness blah, blah. just the same shit he's been sprouting you can't get him to say anything else even though there was even though you brought him your agency brought him into a room with a cleric who casts some of truth and like tried to get shit out of him. He wouldn't speak. You just can't get anything. The only information you really know is what your other field agent colleague, Roland, has told you uh, after he brought him in. Not too long ago. Uh, not, uh, but like about five days ago. This is the fifth day of interrogation on this, on this bastard. And he's not giving you anything. So you've been just relentlessly beating the shit out of him. Yeah, because I'm frustrated. He, yeah, he, he's an evil being. Uh, you know from reports, recent reports, that he and the people associated with him have been 
doing some shady shit on the prime material plane. And so I'm just going to let you take this scene and your interactions with him. Well, at this point I am, I'm out of my wits and Mm -hmm. this guy's just hissing and spitting at me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's bound at points when you try to punch him. If you're not careful, he tries to lash out with you with his fangs. When you first brought him into the room, he tried to cast spells, but then they all failed because cinematic magic field. And so lucky you, not so good for him. Uh, Again, at this point, I'm frustrated. (laughs) So I sit down right in front of him, just like, all right, here's the deal. You give me something other than what you spit at me for the past I don't know, five days or I take away your fangs. And trust me, it will not be easy, it will not be simple, and it will be very fucking painful. <laughs> he does look at you with some seriousness. Because I think you've hit on... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you make an intimidation check. Let's see. I mean, we know you have like... Okay, 15. Cool. With, with that, he seems very... He, he knows you mean business. Like, you've been beating him up. You haven't maimed him and just like bruised him, broken maybe a bone or two. Mm-hmm. But you've now threatened him with something that you think he finds holds very dear. It's kind of what makes him a, a sneeple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, you, it's clicked to you now. Oh, I'll, I'll approach it this way. I'm going to take away something, one of his snake-like features, which are holy to him. So he kind of sobers up. He takes it in a deep breath, and he says, you may have... Wait, here's his voice. Yes. You may have captured me, but my colleagues, the others, they will take up the work I have done, and they will use it in their final push for the final sacrifice. And nothing you or your organization can do will stop the carnage. What's this work that you've done, huh? He says, there is a reason we took the creatures and we brought them to the place where they are now. And where is that? (laughs) All right, bring in the tools, come on. (laughs) He says, no, you promised I gave you something. All right, give me more. <laughs> he says, he, he now you're up against his, like, his religious dogma. He sort of refuses and he stonewalls. <sighs> and he says, take my fangs. I won't let you destroy the holy work. Uh, I really didn't want to do this. I really didn't want to do this. I mean, I don't know if you want to be there for that, but the door opens. No, I'm going to take it out myself. (laughs) Okay, the door opens, and as you're probably mid... Oh, God, this is gruesome. (laughs) Mid-procedure, as it were, and there's screams and such. There's Wilson with, like, a a sort of a scroll scroll on a uh, clipboard sort of looking uh, thing. And he's he's dressed in, you know, dressed in, like, some nice finer clothes than what the village allowed. Oh, my God, we were dressed in rags. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, And he's got a quill, and he sort of uh, pops in and says, Uh, Zazel, um... We Give him a hick accent. You want a hick accent? Yeah, All right, fine. <laughs> All right, fine. Then, here's Wilson. Um, Azazel, we got some, uh, we got a briefing in from one of our field agents. Uh, they're calling, uh, for you for immediate deployment. For immediate deployment? Where? Uh, down, down in, uh, down near Baldur's Gate. Um, Roland says he needs some backup and also, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the, 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 the weapons, the, you know, the, the gifts, well, one of them's been relinquished, 
and we need you down there not only to help but see if it works for you because you know it's one of the things Tyr talked about you know you might be one of the whatevers all right so who's gonna handle this other procedure because i got another tooth also <laughs> wonderfully also with a generally southern dialect behind wilson appears the the head of the sentinels the prime um captain ramsey dk who is this hulking human fighter r-a-m-s-a-y r-a-m-s-a-y uh middle initial d c-a-i-n-e ramsey dk he is the commander and operations chief for the Sentinels of the Prime. He basically was the head of your training. He deploys people where they need to be and is just in charge of general operations of the headquarters on Sigil. And he's standing behind Wilson. He's like, and he says to you, Azadel, good work in there. Do you get anything else you need? Uh, no, sir. I just need somebody to cover for this other tooth. Right. Uh, right. Wilson, Wilson, time to grow some balls, son. Get on in there. Get on in there. I'm so sorry. Time to grow. I agree. Time to grow some balls, son. Do, 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 do you do you hand him the pliers? Oh no, I kind of like walking past. I just kind of brush it against his chest in all of its slime and goo. Uh. <laughs> So, so while he, I mean, if you hand him the tools, the next thing uh, Ramsey's gonna do is kind of like push him in there and shut the door. <laughs> and he's like, "Come on with me. We'll get you briefed up and deployed and and geared up and all that." All right. So he walks you down these halls, and these halls are very clean. They're sort of how you would picture uh, how you would picture the inside of the CIA building. Very almost linoleum, but it's marble. There's wall sconces emitting this not orange light, but this very like clean, yeah, clean white light everywhere. So it's almost the image of like fluorescent lighting, if you will. And he walks you down and there's also metal work in everywhere. It's very, it's kind of kind of looks a weird, like a weird heaven, like office, heaven office. It's very, it's a very weird ambience we're going for here. He walks you to your equipment room. Uh, he explains you just need your standard equipment, that what you need. After you get your equipment ready and settled, he takes you to the deployment area, um, which is really just one long hallway, except on each side of the hallway, there are these... Um, these metal boxes that are set on rails and like hanging from attached to chains uh, that are in the ceiling and they're all open. Ramsey sort of takes you to one of them, explains it's your standard Dropbox. You've been here before, etc. But we made some improvements uh, over the over the past six months. So now there's at least now an eighty percent survival rate as opposed oh. to the thirty we had before, which is a great jump oh, improvement. Great, yeah. our, our research and development team's been on that very clear. We've now we've now installed uh, installed uh, air brakes. Our engineering department has called them slow you down before you hit the ground. Uh, means we can drop you from a greater height, which means less detection by the uh, primes down there on the uh, on the surface world. Uh, you're gonna be dropping in the middle of the night, uh, sure. So just kick the damn thing in the ocean when you're done. No one ain't gonna find it. Standard one person, jump in, sit back, relax, try to. I guess. I mean, you'll be screaming through the sky at a very very high velocity. So 
uh, just try to enjoy it. When you get down into atmosphere, just pull the damn cord, air brakes will shoot off, and you should have a relatively bumpy descent. Uh, you should be fine. Uh, when you get down there, talk to Roland. General briefing, uh, need help. Some weird-ass mountain uh, we're finally going to get in to see. <laughs> Prime directive number one, attune to the damn thing if you can. Prime directive number two, or secondary directive, find out what the hell's underneath that mountain. And number three, see if you can figure out what the hell these Yonti are up to. Uh, we've been receiving more and more reports of them. We figure that they're probably the reason why we're getting all sorts of alerts here in Sigil. And we don't know much. Um, we're starting to work on it. Uh, but you and Roland, y'all about the only agents we got. And also, loose number four, if you can, if you really can. Those other four people down there, what got them stones? It might be about time we brought them up here and, um, you know, initiated them. And also, like, get them on our level of, uh, understanding about yes, this sir. entire situation. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll get right on it. Ms. <laughs> Hazel. Whatever you do, you know the thing. Whatever you do, don't break cover, etc. Keep it all secret. No one's supposed to know about whatever is going on up here. They do. Be a bunch of crazy shit happening. All right. You got it. So with that, he sort of shuts you in the pod. And there's a little rope next to where he's standing. And he, <laughs> and he sort of salutes you, gives you a salute. I have salute him back. And he pulls the cord and you are zipping off. And it is a wild fucking ride. You get to see as you drop through the city of Sickle, like a ring, mm -hmm. suspended above a mountaintop. In the center, at the peak of this mountain, there is a bright light that is shining on the, the inside of this tube all the time. And all around the inside of this tube are these buildings jutting out towards the, towards the center. It's like a toroid. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting interdimensional hub. So you're dropping in this pod. You can see the city of Sigal sort of like floating there suspended. And below you is this infinite, infinite expanse in all directions. And it's a featureless plane. Below you opens up this portal. And you can see through this portal this sort of this spherical plane. And you can see below the continent of Faerun. And so you drop through. And then above you, the portal closes. And so you're dropping silently through this void, as okay. it were. All I hear is ringing. Yeah. Because I'm going at a high velocity. Oh, well, yeah. Like, ah. well, yeah, but you don't really hear anything. It's no? silent. It's silent? It's silent. Dead silent? It's as, it's as you're moving through a void. There's nothing. I mean, you can hear the inside, the things you're doing, or like, like shifting your armor or whatnot. That's all you hear. And then, as you get closer to this planet, which is rapidly approaching, you you start to hear like this turbulence happening, and then you can you can see these licks of flame coming all up around your uh, this little drop pod you're in, this box, and then you start to pass. You start to see clouds, and you start to pass through the clouds, and then it's night sky, and there's this little blinking red light that's above you, sort of magically behind this glass. And you see it flicks over to orange, and then it flicks over to green. And you know when it hits green, as you're descending, that you're supposed to pull the cord that releases it. Hey, I didn't it. know that. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> it, it's the last thing Ramsey told you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as, as you're in the, oh, by the way, when that thing's hit, you pull that cord, you might die. So there you go. <laughs> 
So, do you pull the cord? Yes, I pull the cord. Wonderful. Uh, yay, you don't die. This, you you feel this jerk as these, as this apparatus extends from the top of this box and, like, extends this these weird metal air brake parachute-like things. And you begin to slow down significantly. You feel the g-forces of yourself being pressed into your seat as you as the whole apparatus jerks up mm-hmm. you're still falling and about five seconds later you you hit with a thud on the ground and as the smoke clears you can see in front of you this cave entrance and this group of people including two of your colleagues roland and lilith and that's it you're in the you're yay you're in the game yay, so I'm there the we game. go <laughs> So, uh, Sam, what else are you going to be working on? I, I, I hear tale. I hear tale of a project. Oh yes, I actually have a project in the works where it is a uh, sort of talk show. We are going to be talking about various niche topics: um, video games, comics, anime, manga, uh, and do like a board game of the week. Oh. Yeah. What? Like uh, yeah. Uh, board game of the week thing where we take like either indie games or. Um, like set in stone games and we play them and we'll do our own like judgment and critiquing of it but um it's going to be me and pierre main people mm-hmm. but we're going to have rotating guests fun well awesome sounds good <laughs> well thank you so much sam for giving us the backstory of azazel i really appreciate it we're going to now cut into right when you landed on the um right when you landed on the shore with a little nice dream sequence hey dream sequence Azazel? Azazel? Azazel. Azazel. I love it. It's like Hazel, but I love it. It's fucking awesome. It's actually um, an angel. Yeah, it's a it, fallen angel. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. It's the meteor. I, I see you what you've done it. here. You get it? So, so. 